and welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. We are your weekly comic book reading club. We're just like Sue Storm. We love a good read. <laughs> That's a good one, Mike. Puns, baby. Good bit. Can't wait for more of those later on in the episode. Oh, so there's going to be more puns in the episode. Well, I would assume so. Oh, god damn. I did right? not come pun prepared. <laughs> All right, one demerit Pun point. paired. One demerit. Oh, fuck it, sir. It's our quarterly annual um, review. Greg? Oh, you're actually writing that down. Ugh. All right. Well, I'm Greg, and I'm now, now down one demerit. I'm Vargas, and Mike, you're looking pretty handsome today. Oh, no, 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 no. Hi, I'm Mike D, and I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I took a shower today. <laughs> That's a big step. Big step. Hey, maybe maybe we don't brag about the showers we have in our houses. Yeah. Mr. Two Showers that work. I've got two showers and neither of them work. <laughs> I'm lucky to wear fresh underwear every day. Yep. Aren't we all? And we'll yeah. be selling that fresh underwear on firstissueclub.com. Nope. The underwear is dirty on First Issue Club, because that's what the people want. Yeah, that's right. what they okay. need. <laughs> dirty people. All right. Uh, today, we're going to do what we always do, chat about some comic book news, and then talk about some first issues that we've read. Um, I read The Cull. We've got Uncanny Avengers over here. Oh, shit. Andy came prepared. I read a lot. I, I yeah. bought three weeks worth of books this week. Mm-hmm. I also read The Cull. I want to talk about The Madness. Oh, cool. That's the J. Michael Straczynski book. Yep. I'll talk about What If Dark Moon Knight and Death of Venomverse. If we get that far, I'll talk about all that. <laughs> oh, Death wow. of Venomverse. It was bound to sneak its way oh, into my, the show. My. <laughs> Last week, it was um, the, the the nighttime sleepy tea DC event. Night terror. Night terrors. <laughs> and this week it's fucking Death of Venomverse. I just read Uncanny Avengers. So. You know what I haven't read yet is the Venomverse book where they introduce that kind of anime looking Venom character. Oh, mm-hmm. I think that was Edge of Venomverse. The stuff Edge of Venomverse. Edge of Venomverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. All right. Comic book news. Yes. The big hubbub. That's been going around is that it's been announced that Tom Brevert, who I is no idea who that is, he is the editor of the Avengers line. Okay, so he's been around forever. Think of CB Sabalski as like, um, uh, 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 Joe Biden. You know what I mean? Like he's the he's the president uh-huh. of the country, aka Marvel. Yeah. And you have senators and governors who you know do their thing on the state level. Who are the senators and governors? Thank you for are asking. They, are they so writers? The, so, no, they're the editors. They're yeah. other editors. They're other okay. editors. So <laughs> Tom Brevert was the editor for Avengers. It's been announced he's now moving in about a year, year and a half to the X-Men line. Okay. And um, right now that is um, by uh, not Jerry Duggan, but Jordan White. Is that, is that right? Is the X-Men one. And so uh, people are, it's you know, it's a mixed bag, to be honest with that news, because well, people... Avengers have been really good lately, right? So why would uh, people... I thought they have been. Why but, would people be upset? People, uh, people, people are, are upset because um, 
I don't think people understood Jason Aaron's Avengers line. Uh huh. And so they're worried that it's gonna like he's like Tom's just gonna hand over the X Men to, to to Jason Aaron and be like, hey, fuck this up too if you want. Um, <laughs> oh but I think um, I think they're worried that since. Tom Brevert was a big proponent of the Avengers right around the time that the MCU was kicking off. Uh-huh. That it, the X-Men are now going to become a little more commercial. Uh-huh. Like they're going to get back to <laughs> Professor Xavier and his school. Uh, I want it and, to be inaccessible. Uh, Listen. Seriously, but that's the thing, though. <laughs> but, uh, also, oh, I don't want Charles to go back to his school. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you, you guys, everybody complained about how they wanted X-Men to be back to basics and you hated all the new mutants that show were showing up and all the new things they were doing. And then when you go back to basics, everyone's going to bitch about that. <laughs> so un- enjoy the com- their comic books. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Buy the ones by the writers you like and have fun. I think what Mike is saying is lighten up. Yeah. Lighten up. It's that's a party. Thing. And that's another reason someone with my mentality who says lighten up is someone who would have enjoyed Jason Aaron's yeah. Avengers run mm-hmm. because it was awesome. It was light. <laughs> it was so rad. Right? Yeah. I um, think especially after his Thor run, which was so heavy with Jane's like mm-hmm. cancer diagnosis and all the like wild war of the realm stuff. Yeah. Well, that I mean moving to Avengers and and doing some like really big heavy storylines and i loved the million bc avengers stuff i thought all that stuff was fun though he, he, and it got it got like kind of like cheeky and more comical than i was used to seeing from him he hollowed out a celestial and that was their base yeah <laughs> and that's what that's that opened the door for judgment day which was an event that i really he really made liked. the avengers a comic book comic book yeah like they did weird shit well, and they, I they had like, a they yeah, they had a base inside of a living creature. Yeah. Well, and I always love when they take the current books and they're like, let's intermix this with Jack Kirby mythology. Mm-hmm. Like that's the exci- when, like I do get annoyed when people say I want to go back to basics with comics, but I do romanticize or really like when they do the nods or at least pay homage to some of the classics. And so telling new stories, but with Celestials at the core of it was really fun for me. Yeah. I think this is nothing but good news. Um, with the... Well, wait until you read the comics before you get pissed about it. Right. And with like the m- mutants eventually coming to the MCU, there's going to be new interest in X-Men books. Well, and I think that's a different thing to be concerned about that you shouldn't put on this person that we're talking about, right? Is that... Is there some sort of, you know, we're going to start making X-Men movies. Is there some sort of pressure from Disney and Kevin Feige to do something different with the comic books? Do we want their hands in the comic book cookie jar? Like, I think that's a different story. Kevin Feige's head is so far in the cookie jar right now. Because he's been named like one of the top creative forces in Marvel Comics like a couple years ago. Like well, he took the on movies, that new right? no, 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 no. And actually, in the yeah. actual comics, he's, he's in charge of Marvel. Yeah. Period. Period. So he, I mean, I'm not saying that this move is to like make X Men comics 
more like X-Men movies. Which what don't this, exist yet. What this, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. But what this move says to me is these X-Men movies are going to be good or they want them to be good so that they get new readers into new X-Men books that are going to be easy to read. Yeah. And they aren't, aren't going to be bogged down with a, a Krakoan island that can talk to itself well, with a quiet council. Like, yeah. that's not going to be fun for any new reader. That's that's what I'm getting out of this. Is like, we had, I mean, when was Hox and Pox? Five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. We've had five years of Jonathan Hickman X-Men, which is great. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking Hickman at all. I nope. love charts and graphs. And I don't think you can complain about... <laughs> but even he's over it. <laughs> ...about a, a story arc lasting five years. If, yeah. if your whole thing is like, now they're going to go back, it's like, yeah. brother, you got five years yeah. of a single story arc. That is wild <laughs> don't in come talk. Don't come crying to me that until you invest all your time in... Nuts in comics yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and don't you want something more simple... Like, I know yes. after I read an X-Men book, because even in Uncanny Avengers, the last page is prose. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you just you have to just read it like a book. That's not what I want. Well, in the first half of it is explaining what happened at the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. <laughs> so you, 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 we've had five years of that stuff. If we, because Tom moves to the X-Men line, if we end up getting... Oh, Jean Grey likes Wolverine and Cyclops? What's she going to do? Yeah. Like, drama. Okay, fine, right? Bring back the school. Still let them have a threesome, though. <laughs> Where's my mini event of that? <laughs> anyway, that was basically, that was the big scuttlebutt online, is that um, Tom was going over the X-Men. Um... No, we're not going to do that one. Who is Captain Krakoa? We'll do that later in the episode when we actually cover the comic book. X-Men. Um, really, that's all the news. Wow. Yeah. Nothing too crazy happened. Sorry, folks. I know you come here for hot, breaking, <laughs> weak old steamy, news. weak old news. <laughs> but we are out of it. That's okay. All right. Well, I read a lot of... Comics yeah, anyway. let's get into what we do best then. You guys go first, and I'll butt in. Nerd out about comics. So I'm a huge Kelly Thompson fan. Big believer in Kelly Thompson from uh, what? Big believer. <laughs> She's a real underdog. I, I believe in Kelly Thompson. <laughs> I just like, I think everything she puts out is going to be good. I think and this Tom King so guy far, has something. <laughs> I've been proven right. So I... I uh, when it, when she's got a new book coming out, I probably ordered like a ton of covers for the Cole. Um, beautiful A cover. Look at that if you're on the video. Yeah, it's good stuff. The okay, so out of the way, Kelly Thompson's one of my favorite writers. We got to talk about the. I think the first conversation you got to have about this book though is the art. It's bananas. <laughs> it good. is almost. Too, too distracting how good it is. It is it is good to the degree that I'm just like I for like I keep losing the thread of the comic because yeah. the art is just unbelievable. It's like are these movie stills? Yeah. And so I read it digitally and on a screen backlit too. 
the details are just out of this world and the lighting and coloring is completely bonkers i i wanted to highlight the i think it's page three and four Mm -hmm. how there's just no dialogue but you get everything you need out of these pages like it it is the definition of showing not telling yep just absolutely incredible and like greg said i mean this stuff looks like like if you stand back yeah that could be a picture and we had this really cool motif for when we were introducing each of the characters where you've got this like tan set of colors Mm -hmm. then a blue stretch and a green stretch oh right and it really helped you keep your bearing for like okay these are new people now and we're um but oh my god so striking yeah um okay back to the story now um this is a wild one this is like watching the like first half an hour of a movie like palm springs where like you just you just get to the cave that like resets time and you're like what and then it ends um like i was so intrigued and i love first issues that like slow burn you and make you like get you really vested into the characters and we got a peek into their interpersonal relationships and and kind of who they are as people slowly throughout the course of this and then they get dropped into basically like narnia they find in a cave and i was like yeah 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 i'm in yeah (laughs) sold hook line and sinker yeah it reminded me of paper girls yeah, right. Where it's got that like kids on bikes kind of feel. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of are they they're young adults. I don't know their age range in I mean, particular. They're all living with parents. They're living with parents and kind of sneaking out at night so they can um it seems like film like a movie. student movie yeah. or something. And then you kind of figure out that the gal that's leading them into this kind of had ulterior motives and had seen something bizarre out off in these cliffs and she's looking for her brother right her brother has gone missing yeah and she thinks he made his way into this narnia in a cave in the ocean yeah really cool you got it um the book does do that thing where it starts with kind of where an arc probably ends and it shows you a huge like monster attacking the beach. So at some point we're going to have the bad boys of this, this Narnia. <laughs> the bad realm. boys of Narnia. The bad, bad boys of Narnia. <laughs> we make that like our biker club. It's Mr. Tumnus, but he's wearing his leather jacket. <laughs> leather jacket and spits on the ground a lot. <laughs> spits on the ground. I love it. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some crossover of fantasy world into our world. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I honestly, I forgot about that blip, that little preview they gave us by the end of reading the comic. And I only remembered when Andy started flipping through his paper copy here. Um, but that's kind of like what a good story arc does, right? You hit somebody with like massive alien on the first page. And then by the time you're done reading the book, you're like, I'm interested in a different story than massive alien. Um <laughs> I'm st- still interested in Massive Alien. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm very interested in Massive Alien, but um, there's a lot for us to do until we get there. There's not a like. 
that being said about this, I mean, there's there's a lot of things to say you like about it, um, but there's there's not a lot to chew on uh, story wise yet, just because just a lot of eye candy. Yeah, it's a lot of eye candy. It's just character introductions. Character introductions. Yeah. Hearing that some of the characters have been in a relationship before mm-hmm. and are on the outs hoping to mend that relationship. We just get some clues into like who's the lazy person. We know somebody has an abusive father figure. Mm-hmm. Like just tiny things were peppered in so we know a little bit about what's affecting each person's life. With which honestly, fine. Like, give us those small setups mm-hmm. so we, like, are introduced to them so that when the story finally evolves and spreads out, we can pick up those small, minute little details of those each character's individual quirks that makes the story more enthralling. And, you know, when a situation happens, we know that mm-hmm. the lazy person may act lazily or, like, that person that, like, is, like, the natural-born leader will do this. So, like, you know, Kelly Thompson does this so well with her books of, like, kind of slow-rolling you into, like getting comfortable with these people and like how mm-hmm. they act. And then she just throws you right into the story. Yeah. So you kind of know how these people are going to act with each situation that shows up. Yeah. I'll say that it does feel like a role-playing party or something. You know, you've got these like Hell yeah. group of random people, a bard, a druid <laughs> kind of put together. They're all different in their own ways. And then they get thrown into a fantasy land. So I think if you like those sort of stories, like this is definitely one to check out. And that's another thing, like, we don't really know necessarily what the genre or temperature or mood of this is going to be yet. Is it a horror book? Is it going to be lighter fare? Like, very sci-fi? Like, we don't really know yet. Yeah. But I I know I like it. It's very good. (laughs) Um, I think, though, this would be a good one to trade weight. Like, if this sounds intriguing to you. Mm-hmm. I think it will read better. Yeah, a lot a, of things do. Like yeah. it's it's like it's got that saga thing where mm-hmm. like saga is amazing, but I want to read a chunk of story at a time yeah. instead of a single issue. Like it's so good, I want more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read it. Okay. Oh, I thought you did. No. It's didn't read very it. good. You I should. just know a lot about Clayton. It's 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 on its way to me. But um, hearing you guys talk about it and flipping through Vargas' copy real quick got me uh, super jazzed. Absolutely gorgeous. When I say the art is so good it's distracting, yeah, I mean it. It is like... <laughs> I almost have to throw this book away. It's like you you forget that you're following a narrative and you're just like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. Like all I can think about is how crazy this looks. The thing that caught my <laughs> eye was, again, on that first like third and fourth page... There's like a, a, she's like holding a picture or something in her hand and like, she's got like chipped fingernail polish. I noticed that too. It's like, you know, you can see like the scars on her arm from Mm -hmm. where she was cutting. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it's that kind of like attention to detail that makes you feel like you're watching a movie or a show instead of reading a comic book. It's so good. It looks like it took like. Three months to six months to make. Do each page. Like, yeah. It looks like an unsustainable level of art in a comic book. <laughs> yeah, it, lo- it looks like if you had an AI that perfectly generated yeah, comic book art. Right. That's are huge. Yeah. You have like seven digits. Uh-huh. That's what it looks like. You did like, you went out and took very dramatic 
photos of each panel and then had AI come in and make them look like a little painterly and yeah. artistic. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this artist has done many other things. I didn't recognize the name. I'm Mattia de Ilius. I U L I S. So I'm going to have to look them up. There might be something really obvious that they do that we're all just spacing on. Yeah. But I'm going to have to look them up and see what other books they've done and just see if they're all like this or if this is one in particular that some extra care has gone into. Oh, yeah. They did uh, X-Men. No, I don't know. (laughs) I did read Uncanny Avengers, number one. Hey. Tell us about it, Greg. (laughs) Um... It is basically the fallout from Hellfire Gala 2023, where uh, all of the mutants are kicked off of Earth, and a new team is formed. Based on who was just left alive, who escaped er- the Wrath. Is that right? So or- there, there are mutants who went against Professor X's mind mi- message yeah. and didn't go through the portals. And so now Orcus is rounding all those people up and mm-hmm. shipping them to Mars. Because okay. the mutants on Mars, there's like a civil war brewing because it's just like mismanaged up there. Just kind of a mess. And so um, a team is formed. Captain America wants to form this team because um, he is also against fascists who want to rule the world. So he forms this team. With uh, Psylocke, Deadpool, Quicksilver, Rogue, and uh, Monet St. Clair, who, better known as Penance. Mm-hmm. And we, Deadpool spared because he's technically not a mutant, correct? Has that been a thing? I don't I know much about He's technically it. not a mutant. Is that right? Why would he not be a mutant? He has regenerative powers. But his, his powers came from the, like, getting messed with. Yeah. They weren't innate. He wasn't. Oh, yeah. okay. I had no idea. He just rolls with mutants. Can he go through the gates? I don't think so. Interesting. I'm, I shrugged. I, Sorry, I forget I, that we're a podcast. Vargas shrugs. <laughs> um, I guess I never really thought about that with Deadpool. About how he's like a man-made mutant. He's like mutant adjacent. He has a mutation, but he is uh, mm-hmm. not a mutant. Wow, that's a Patreon episode just brewing in the in the wings. Anyway, this We team... might be wrong on that. If we're wrong on that, I will do the research. Sue my... me. I will do the research myself and prove it to myself. So don't email us. Let me know. So, uh, like don't yeah, don't let me know. So a team is formed <laughs> to take on um Modoc and Mr. Sinister with the Doctor Stasis, I guess is what yeah. he calls himself. And Captain Krakoa is back. Or brought back out of stasis or brought back through sinister sex pits. And we still don't know the new identity of Doctor or Captain Krakoa. Oh, is Mr. Sinister still around? It's Doctor Stasis. It's Doctor Stasis. One so he has like the club on his forehead. But do we not... have the but do we have the Mr. Sinister who is like Is Doctor Stasis the only Mr. Sinister that's that, around that, that we've seen? That we've yeah. seen okay. right now, yeah. Got it. And um, Do, did we see Mother Righteous die in the? This is what we talked about. Spoiler alert: Mother Mother Righteous didn't die. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. She in... took the island or archipelago, uh-huh. put it in like a bubble. Yeah, 
and disappeared with it. Okay. So she's off somewhere else yeah. with this land of something. So the Sinisters, if, for anyone who's not reading X-Men, Mother Righteous mm-hmm. is... Do a, you see why they're switching editors? A, cl- <laughs> a clone of is like one of the four Sinister clones yeah. that is out in the Marvel world today, mm-hmm. and she's a... A woman, and we haven't really gotten clarity on like why. Yeah, and Doctor Stasis a, and Modok are the ones who put the like the kill switch inside the medicine that Krakoa was making. Yeah, that doesn't make it safe for humans anymore. Right, and so that's what I think is happening with the fall of X. The safety pills are going away. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're gonna have eggs anymore, so no more resurrections. Like Krakoa's gone, so they're slowly weeding out all the Hickman stuff. Yep. And um, I have in front of me a list of... Is Egg going to stay Egg, or is he going to go back to gold balls? <laughs> uh, he's just going to be gold balls. <laughs> uh, just old old balls. That's another thing that I'm just like, do I even bother trying to explain that? Or he dies, you know? Yeah, right. He dies a noble ball death. <laughs> we'll see if we ever get Egg back. And so in front of me, I have a list of who the potential Captain, uh, Captain Krakoas could be. Do, okay, do we want to give background on the Captain Krakoa stuff we caught up on before? So the Captain Krakoa is like the mutant version of Captain America. It's like their yeah. superhero that is um, uh, like the representative for mutant kind. Yeah, they're like flagship hero. Yeah. And it was originally... It's the Chester Cheeto to Cheetos. Yeah, it was originally Cyclops. And he was introduced because... Cyclops died a very public death, mm-hmm. and the world at large didn't know that X-Men had found out a way to resurrect themselves, yeah. so he couldn't come back as Cyclops. He had to change his right. persona to Captain Krakoa. Mm-hmm. Kind of a so, Millie Vanilli situation. That's what we know about Captain Krakoa up until now. Right. And in the beginning of this Uncanny Avengers, Dr. Stasis and Modoc are seen bringing this person back. We don't know who it is. The top runners for who they brought him back. Okay, yeah. that's yes. not something I I knew. Yes, so they okay. they've been working. That's on why it. I was asking about like what Mister Sinister. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the number. So here's here here's some of the the top ones. John Walker, U.S. agent. Sure. Which is kind of the Dollar General, Captain America. <laughs> Great value cap. So it makes sense that <laughs> they would use him and manipulate him to become uh, Captain Krakoa. Sure. Another one is Hydra Supreme Commander Steve Rogers. Oh, I love that. Mm. Bring back Nick Spencer's evil cap. Yeah. Hail Hydra. Um, This was, if you remember when we first started, we speculated that this was going to be a Steve Rogers clone because they, the X-Men brought him back during Axe. Yes. So it makes sense. So they still theoretically should have his like DNA and juices and be able to make other copies mm-hmm. of Captain America. Yeah. And knowing Sinister, he's probably had all that info downloaded yeah. into whatever right. you know laboratory that he has offsite. So when we say we're making an evil cap, it'd be very similar to Nick Spencer's Captain America run, but it might be a little more of like a Bucky Barnes situation, but with Steve Rogers yeah. where where in right. They've molded his mind mm-hmm. to be a tool for them, yeah. right. which I think kind of fits well into the typical like 
Captain America motif of using people as tools and yeah, yeah. Because wouldn't it be awesome if Captain America ultimately has to have a fight to the death with himself? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be righteous. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Uh, another front runner is Nuke. I love this one from too. the Punisher series. Uh, Nuke famously had the American flag tattoo on his head. Yeah, which or his face rather. Uh, which is always uh, one of my favorite villain uh, costumes. Another one, William Burnside, who I guess is known as the commie smasher. Oh, yeah, he was um, uh, Captain America 2, like while, oh, okay. while Cap was frozen. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Everyone, so it sounds like a lot of these are Captain America, Captain America adjacent. Yeah. Like people just expect it to be from Cap's world. And I think that's really all that, yeah. Is it made clear that it's not a Scott Summers clone? So mm. everybody in this book is assuming that it's Cyclops. Yeah. He, he f in one scene, flies into the punishment pit or whatever it's mm -hmm. called on Cr Krakoa. Yes. And rescues some people. Mm -hmm. And they refer to him as Cyclops. But he says something along the lines of, that name is dead. I'm Captain Krakoa. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't like confirm or deny. Yeah, whether he's Scott Summers, but he's he's like, don't call me don't Cyclops. Don't call me Cyclops. Yeah. There's also another telling line where Modok says, let's get this man a uniform, which is similar to what T'Challa says in the movies where he says, somebody get this man a shield when he's referring to Steve Rogers. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're kind of cheekily trying to let the uh, reader in on who the identity of the person could be but yeah anyway it's fun my, to speculate my money's still on steve rogers clone yeah. definitely steve rogers i'm hands down steve rogers clone yeah because why wouldn't you want <laughs> a steve rogers versus steve rogers battle yeah at on. the end of this uncanny avengers and it would be very mr sinister to like oh for take sure. the super soldier serum outcome and yeah. make it better yeah captain totally. krakoa can fly and he's whatever uh there's a really insane scene at the end of issue one of this mm -hmm. where he's fighting Captain America and yeah. like some shit really hits the fan. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love all of those. I think it'd be super fun to see Nuke show up because I love Nuke. He's a great character. <laughs> yeah. And so that's Uncanny Avengers in a nutshell. Um, I thought it was good. Jerry Duggan blew it out of the park. Yeah. I, I think they're trying to set it up now and get us comfortable with Avengers and X-Men working more hand in hand um, since basically all of their defenses in their homes are gone. They're going to need more friends than enemies now. So I do like the, that they referenced the first unity squad too. Oh, right. Where, yeah. Where Deadpool was like funding it through his sales of like Deadpool merch. <laughs> that was funny. It's just a fun book. It's great. It's super great. Um, I read Death of Venomverse. Let me say, R.I.P. Great to have Cullen Bunn back on Marvel. And this how is... how tough was that phone call for Marvel to 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 do? Probably. Yeah. They talk so much shit. And they're just like, "Fuck, we gotta call Cullen because he he's the only one that can do this." And Colin probably answered that phone was just like, well, well, well. <laughs> How does it feel yeah. dialing 417? <laughs> Never thought I'd see your name on the caller ID again. Which yeah. uh, we're, we're huge Colin Bunn 
stands. super fans over here. Yeah. So nothing but They're, W's on this side of the fence. Yeah, y'all. we love, love, love Colin Bunn. And we're, we're kind of referring to there was a moment in time wherein it was alluded to online. He stated that Marvel made a pretty blunt phone call to him and we're like, we're done with you. We're not in the Colin Bunn business Is that anymore. What, that's what they yeah. said. I hope yeah. he makes a shirt <laughs> and just wears Dude. that. How do you say that to a writer that's like just doing cool shit? It's like, of course, you're like, there's so many different projects you're going to do. There's so many different things they could like work with you on in the future. It's like so wild that that was more or less said to him. Yeah. It it boggles my mind, especially because of, I don't want to say it's like a renaissance, but it feels like we're back to the era where every week Colin Bunn has a new number one. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, and Which they're all great. A, it's a it's a good thing for me. Yeah, for sure. Bad thing for my bank account, mm-hmm. but it's a <laughs> it's a good thing for comic fans. Um, yeah. So this book was just a lot of fun. the 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 premise is is that Carnage is number one free of a host. It's mm-hmm. just Carnage without Cletus Cassidy, and he's like universe hopping. Yeah. Um, killing other Venoms across the universe and, like, stealing their codices mm-hmm. to gain their powers. Um, so he's going to be, like, super symbiote soon. He is super carnage, right? Yeah. Um, it feels a lot like what Colin did with um, the, the whole Deadpool killogy, right? Where, like, yeah. Deadpool killed the Marvel Universe and then he killed... Deadpool and then he like killed literature, right? <laughs> um this feels like that where it's the highest stakes that you can possibly have but it still remains like goofy and fun. Um we get a really cool scene at the end where cuz the the main protagonist here is Agent Venom, um but it's a female Agent Venom from like an alternate universe that showed up in the Donny Cates Venom run. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I you get that. you get virus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And there's there's a whole universe of like Agent Venom is like a team. Yeah. Of dudes. So like Clint Barton has a symbiote and he's like an agent Clint Barton. Um. So you get Hell all yeah. those dudes. Um. <laughs> Colin Bunn brings back uh, Mania from his Venom run way back in the day with Declan mm-hmm. Shalvey, and she's got the Hell Mark. Mm-hmm. Right. All that kind of cool stuff's coming back. Um, it's just a great book. Super, super fun. If you're a Venom fan or a Colin Bunn fan or both, you'll find a lot to enjoy in this book. Hell yeah. Okay. That's it. That's <laughs> no, it. that's great. I, it's just, I, we talked about this when we first dropped the news that Death of the Venomverse was coming. It's just like, you know, a, a fun, hokey yeah. blockbuster summer event. With Cullen Bunn attached to it, you're just like, oh shit, okay, hold on. Like, yeah, this may be fucking awesome. Yeah. At when I first heard just the title of it, I remember thinking Your eyes rolled in the back of your head. Yeah. I was like, another sp- spider verse, spider geddon sort of like takeoff spin thing. Like, we're just doing spider verse back to back to back to back over and over again. Yeah. And so I was a little bit like, eh, oh my God, this thing. But Edge of <laughs> Venomverse issues were very fun. Mm-hmm. And so I think the tonality of that made me a little more excited for 
This, yeah, the symbiote. The symbiote six. six. Oh boy, <laughs> that's so fun. It's it's just a blast. Yeah, it's just a, a fun comic book. Um, oh, what else was I gonna say about it? Oh, one of the symbiote things that I really enjoyed recently was making Liz Allen. Um, I think Misery was the name of the the symbiote. Yeah, she had. Yeah. Um, I think it was Liz Allen, but I just love when they take those like day one Spider-Man characters and do something cool with them. Yeah. Or Shriek. Did she become Shriek? No. Um, I can't remember the name of the woman who became Shriek, but I think she first... Ellen Liz. (laughs) I think she first appears... She's like maybe someone who worked at the Life Foundation. Oh, she was... first appears in Unlimited. Yeah, she was... Like a new character. Yeah, she showed up in that Carnage miniseries Mm -hmm. that Clayton Crane did. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, Death of Venomverse is shaping up to be a blast. And unfortunately, there's two issues out already. So Before you move on to Moon Knight, no. can I just pay Marvel a little respect here with the Marvel Remembers John Romita? Oh, dude, these corner, corner boxes? boxes? Yeah. That is brilliant. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is wonderful to see. Instead of just a big black banner across the book. Yeah, that they did with that's cool. It's a corner box. Stan Lee and Chadwick Boseman. That was just like design wise, it was not flattering or like a respectful homage to those people. Like this corner box, fucking beautiful. Well, and I love that they're using his famous cover for Spider Man No More. And I think this was on every issue this week. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, fucking it does nailed it. It does feel like the Spider Man looking back behind him does seem like a farewell, yeah, sort of thing. So it's it's a very like sweet usage of that visual. And on top of that, they put in not just a two, but a three or four page. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's John Romita. It's John Romita, Mm -hmm. right? Like Marvel would not be Marvel without John Romita. Correct. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Great call out, Greg. Um, so I read What If Dark Moon Knight, because obviously I did. <laughs> um, this is a what if book. And the first cool thing they did is it's not told from like the watcher's perspective mm-hmm. or, you know, some omniscient, whatever, third person. It's told from Kanchu. Kanchu tells the story no, of this no, alternate nice. universe, which is cool. Um this takes us all the way back to the 80s uh, with Mark Spector Moon Knight, which is volume two, issue three, and Mark dies. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kickoff. Um, what's cool is that Marlene, his love interest, swears off Khonshu and says, you could have saved him, whatever, and finds a statue of Ra. And instead becomes a... No, devotes herself to the sun god. To the sun god Mm -hmm. and becomes luminary. So she she is not a defender of those who travel at night. Mm -hmm. She wants to bring light to the darkness, but she still does like Moon Knight stuff. I want to bring light to the darkness. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You adopted the darkness. Uh, Yeah. Can't go an episode without a Bane impression. Of course. Yeah, where's my coffee mug, right? You gotta talk into the coffee mug. Um, so she goes off and, and fights Bushman, who's a classic Moon Knight villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a fun little what-if story. The character design is cool. 
I like that it has the Moon Knight look, but with like you know gold and sun accents. Yeah, the cover is the position she's in is a little. Yeah, <laughs> like come on, a little like it's you know, a little hot. We get put it. Those, yeah. Put those legs a little closer together. Maybe it's a bit of an unnatural. Uh, have you read any of the other? <laughs> Fighting crime dark? is hard. Yeah, I need my legs in stirrups <laughs> to do. Wow. I have What If Dark Venom in my car. I okay. haven't read it yet. Uh, so when I did the What If Loki review, it was very much indicative of the time period it was depicting, yes. and which made for um, an interesting read. Yeah, because I'm so used to modern comic storytelling. Is this kind of the same with set in the '80s? Was it like kind of like an 80s comic book feel? So this is written by Erica Schultz, mm-hmm. who's a modern comic book writer. Mm-hmm. Yours was written by, oh, what's his name? Old Ford. Uh, oh, shit. I'm going to get roasted for yeah, this. Yeah, I know. Walt, Walter Simon. Yep, yep. There we go. Um, Shoo, dust a bullet. <laughs> so she, because the, the book like literally spins off of, of like, it's like, what if this scene happened differently? Mm-hmm. So it's written in the style, but mm-hmm. with modern flair. Thank God. Yeah. So it reads very easily, but it still nods to like, if you know, you know, mm-hmm. right? Like if, you, if you've if you read an old comic book, you will pick up on some of the stuff that they're doing. Right. But it doesn't really read like that. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I get it. Yeah, totally. But it's very good. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying stupid. these. What I understand darts. your point. It sucks that there's well, only. I'm stupid like, and I'm bad at explaining it. <laughs> it sucks that there's only like five of them. Yeah, they're not. Doing they're only doing many. five issues, and so you're like, oh well, they'll do more probably. Darn. If people buy them, they'll do another round of them in a couple months. Good. <laughs> I'll buy them. Uh, the last one I read is The Madness by J. Michael Straczynski, and this book is an absolute fucking banger. Oh, whew, I was worried. It is so good. Uh, the elevator pitch for this is there is a super thief. She is a super powered individual who steals occasionally to like make ends meet. Mm-hmm. As and you she, do. And she does one last job, of course, mm. but she steals <laughs> like a bunch of gold from like a Middle Eastern, you know, chic or whatever. Mm. Well, he's got political ties and he says, we're pulling our support of the U.S. unless the U.S. does something about this woman who stole from me. Stole my gold. Stole my gold. <laughs> How do you get away with gold? <laughs> she actually stole from a leprechaun. She's superpowered. Oh, she's superpowered. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So. Um, she put a lot of gold in a bag. Correct. <laughs> Walk away with it. I, I need you both to know the restraint I am doing right now. Not doing a gold member impression. Thank you. From Austin Powers. I was really expecting I it. I just but... needed to be known. Um, so what ends up happening is the government goes to, the government decides that this all has to be black ops Mm -hmm. because you can't, you know, the, the, sorry, the sheik demands that the government take her out like with extreme prejudice, that kind of thing. Right. And since you can't deploy troops over us soil by law without acts of Congress, the president decides this all has to be black ops. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is they go to like this universe's version of like the justice league and says, we will 
pay for all of your whatever forever for this whole team. Mm -hmm. And all you guys have to do is fly up in the air and drop a bomb on this cabin that this woman's sitting in. Right? Okay. Unfortunately, her husband and two kids decide to visit her in this cabin while she's laying low from this crime. And they get wiped out. So this drives her absolutely insane, and she becomes like an ultra supervillain. How does she survive the... It turns her, you might say, her just superpowers make help her survive the explosion? Yeah. Okay. Her And her power is she can like pick any superpower she has, but she can only have one power at a time. Okay. So if, oh. she, if she's flying, she's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. If she's invulnerable, she can't fly. That, whatever, that kind of thing. Um. That's cool. I always liked um, Jane from Doom Patrol because she kind of had a rotating cast of like oh right powers and characters she yeah. played. So, so this is this is kind of like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the end of the book ends with her starting to hunt down who did this to her because yeah. she doesn't know what happened. Okay. So ultimately, this is going to culminate in like, and that makes her a villain. Well, she's like an anti-hero, right? Punisher she's like, type. She's the Punisher. I was going to say, yeah. like, that's like almost like the Punisher yeah. uh, story. Yeah. Do Is she like a national of any country? Yeah, she's a U.S. She's citizen. She's a U.S. citizen. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I didn't know if there was some other like political thing that it was like. No, the political thing, I think, was just a hook to yeah. like the government can't do anything mm-hmm. about it. So they have to go to the Justice League or whatever it's called. Okay. But. Super cool. They set up this whole like Justice League team and they've yep. all got, you know, pretty unique looks and powers and mm-hmm. motivations. And her look is super unique. There's a whole like design thing at the end. Where, oh, wow. Yeah, that's look, awesome. They all look great. Um, Agent X9. It was it was super fun. I I really got into like the political lean and like why, you know this this one unfortunate like heist that she went on, mm-hmm. like really you know ended up being her downfall. Yeah, very cool book. Very very cool book. And like most AWA books, this is a six issue miniseries, so not a lot of commitment, or the right amount of commitment. True. <laughs> the perfect amount of commitment. Yeah. Um, I know that J. Michael Straczynski gets a lot of heat for being a prolific but unreliable, un- unreliable, unenthusiastic creator. Mm. Um, yeah, he, he creates a lot of stuff. Yeah. And right. so sometimes when you see his name on things, you're, you're like, just oh, like, oh boy. is this another thing that just like is going to be out there that I'm never going to read or I'm going to love the first two issues of this or is this going to be like appointment reading yeah I just like I he's not one of the writers that I automatically buy anything he writes yeah I'll, I'll say that is the well, nice this, way to put it this gets me very excited for his Captain America run yeah that he's getting ready to do on Marvel mm-hmm. um, hopefully he can you know stick the landing there or maybe just do six good issues and duck out but <laughs> whatever you're gonna do, man, just get it done. But the madness is is good shit. Um, AWA is kind of killing it right now with this and Ribbon Queen, and yep. they've got a lot of good stuff out. So, what was that um, secret agent James Bond book you liked? On oh, uh, uh, Red Zone. Red that's, Zone. That's another Colin Bunn book. Yeah, and Sins of the Salton Sea. That's an Ed Brisson book. Yeah, 
killing it on that. I need to catch up on some of those. I, I kind of stopped buying AWA comics. I'm going to get some trades. Thing, but they just like, they're what, like, they just had so many titles really quick. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of fell off them as a publisher. For sure. Because some of the things I just read were very, like, hit or miss. They've put out a lot of good stuff. But though. they have. They, yeah. That's, they're, they're, they're batting average is pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. They're Mr. 300 or 3000. <laughs> Mr. 3000. Isn't that a baseball term? That's a Bernie Mac movie. It is a Bernie Mac movie, but it's forgetting 3000 hits. Sure. What did we say? Greg? That's a good baseball term. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, go to patreon.com slash first issue club for more Patreon goodness. If you are in the Kansas City metro area, TowerCon is coming directly to you September 23rd, I believe, 22nd, 23rd. We'll be there. We'll be doing a live episode. Um, so oh, come check I that don't out. know if I knew that. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll be recording there. Um, yeah, so go check out our social medias. Remember to bag and board all your treasures. See ya. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktag, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.